season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shrigland and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have former Rolling Tigers pitcher and third baseman, 2023 MLB draft prospect, and 2023 Purdue signee. We got Bishop Letson on the JKR Podcast for the Indiana Baseball Series. Bishop, super pumped to get you on the show, man. I know we've tried to do this a couple of times there, you know, a couple <laughs> months ago. So, you know, I'm pumped to finally get it rolling. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Oh man, I'm doing great. Thanks for thanks for being so flexible. Yeah, my bad. Couple times I was supposed to be on here, and I just had some stuff come up last second. But no, I'm I'm really pumped to be here. Really appreciate the invite. But uh, no, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Um, so before we get rolling into you know Purdue, before we get moving into you know this up this year's upcoming draft, talking about your high school season, this and that, I got one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the Jake Care podcast, and that is for those who don't know you. How would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Bishop Letson? I mean, I like to do a lot of things, man. I'm kind of a man of all traits. So I like, I love to golf because, you know, I'm a pitcher. So, you know, here in the next few years, I probably won't be doing a whole lot of hitting. So I, I got to learn how to play golf. So I, I play a lot of golf when I'm outside of baseball. I love to hunt, like probably one of my favorite things to do. It's right up there next to baseball. You know what I mean? Like, I was raised out in Floyd County, so I mean, it's pretty pretty small town, and a lot of people hunt out here. So, I really love hunting. I love fishing, um, and obviously, I love to play baseball. So, okay. I mean, I would just say I'm I'm just kind of an outdoorsy guy, and I like to play sports. I like to watch sports. So, I don't know. I I can I can really get down doing anything like. So I'd, I'd just say I'm kind of a jack of all trades, I guess. Okay. So you mentioned that you like hunting. Usually when someone brings that up there at the end, I'll bring this up. But, you know, since you talk about it, you since you are a hunter, what is that best hunting story that you got? Oh, my gosh. This might go longer than an hour. <laughs> so uh, it was actually uh, two, two, two bow seasons ago. Two bow seasons ago. Um, I uh, Like I said, I I put in the work. So – 
uh, what was that? Two, two, both 2021. I put in, I put in 56 hours that year in the tree. So I, I'd seen a lot of deer. It was November 9th. It was November 9th. I remember. So, so the way my properties are set up, I can leave straight from school because I just leave my bow at my property and I leave straight from school. I go there. I got my clothes and stuff in the barn. So I just like it's every day in hunting season. I can't lie. Like every single day that I can hunt, I go out and I hunt. So we have a um, we have multiple stands out there, but I had hunted the crap out of a hang on that I was just tired of hunting. I didn't have a good wind to hunt there. And then uh, we have this ladder stand that's like terrible for a bow. If if you hunt, then you know what I mean? Like it's not super tall. It's not in a bunch of like brush and stuff. So it's hard to be able to like pull back a bow without a buck seeing you or a deer seeing you. You know what I mean? So, but it was mid rut. I didn't care. I got out there. I literally forgot my boots. It was the one day that I forgot my boots. I wore my turf shoes, my, my turf shoes, because they were already busted up. Right. And I didn't care. So I'm up in the tree and it's, it was a bad day. Like normally it's supposed to be cold. Like cold is good because it makes deer move because they got to stay warm. And, uh, it was like 56 out. I, I remember with like Southeast wind, I'm pretty sure. And so I'm like falling asleep in the tree. Right. Cause I have hunted like a bunch, 56 hours. Like I know it probably doesn't sound like that much, but that's probably like 20 sits. You know what I mean? And so I'm tired and I'm like falling asleep, like, you know, nodding my head like this, just kind of falling asleep. And I look to my left and there's two little does. They come up behind me, but they're acting kind of funny. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. So I like woke up a little bit, but I'm really not worried about it because I'd seen a ton of deer that year. It's just I was looking for like one buck. So sure enough, I, they're, they're acting real funny and they keep looking down this logging road where they came from. So I'm like looking over my shoulder like this at them. And uh, I heard it. I heard this thing grunt from like 100 yards away. And I was like, oh, my God, like immediately heart was pounding. So I'm like sweating at this point. because It's hot. out. It's 56. I got a lot of clothes on. And I'm like, I look to my left. And this one deer in particular had like two really tall G2s. G2s are the ones like right in the middle, right in the middle of the rack. And um, I just I, as soon as I saw those, I knew I had 100 pictures of the deer. It's the one I wanted to kill all year. And um it was coming in on a bead. So I was like, here we go. Like, it's getting ready to happen. So I've got my bow in my lap and like, I have to stand up, which is, I know it doesn't sound like a tall task, but when they're close, like standing up when they're close is a tall task, especially when you're like six, four. So just this, I mean, you see this big object stand up in a tree, you know, you're probably not going to hang out there long. Sure enough, they didn't see me. And, um, these does ended up doing a circle and they walked right in front of my tree so this, so this, I'm standing up. I'm up here, and I've got my bow like this, as tight as me as can. And this, this deer is like walking right in front of me like this. I'm probably 15 feet off the ground, and um, it got to about 20 yards and looked up. And when it looked up, all the deer did. So I pulled back, so they weren't looking at me. I got to kind of like angle myself like this. But as soon as I did, bro, there was brush. I mean, just so thick. There was no shot, right? It's close, though. It's like 20 yards, which is super close. And um, there's no no shot, no shot, no shot. Turns out what the, all those deer were looking at was another buck that was coming in. So it made this other one kind of, like, mad. And when they get mad, they, like, puff up. And, like, it's really cool to see that. You, like, very rarely get to see that. So that's probably why it was the coolest thing. Anyways, the deer goes to make a rub on the tree 
and it it turns its shoulder a little bit like this and there's a gap about probably like probably like this big like this little cup holder big and i had been already drawn back for like a minute dude my arms were so tired and i was like i gotta try it so i did i ended up smoking it dude perfect shot it ran like 30 yards so it was it was awesome like my heart i remember i couldn't even call anybody for like 30 40 seconds because my fingers were like locked up my adrenaline was going so bad so that was that's probably the best story that i have hunting wise okay so i'll never forget are you a type of guy that would you know once you shoot him are you you hanging him up on your wall or you know what do you do what do you do with him after after you shoot dude if i had a back camera if i had a back camera i would go out to my barn and show you all the deer i've shot okay okay i got (laughs) but i don't right now Okay, I've got a couple of buddies who are like that, that they go hunting every year and they've got, you know, I go to their house and they're just, you know, deer after deer after deer on their wall. Um, but right. I mean, you, I can get it. Like, I can I can understand why people do that because, like, you work hard. You work hard to shoot those deer. Like, it don't, I mean, some people get lucky, but if you want to shoot big deer every year, which no one can really, but if you want to have a shot to every year, you got to work hard. Yeah. You got to so put your time you, in. Do you do both bow and shotgun? I'm not a bit. I don't. I know I look like a. I, I know I probably look like I'm a country guy who who hunts a lot. I'm just a country guy that doesn't hunt, so I don't know much about hunting whatsoever. But like, no, you're good. So do you? It's do mainly you shotgun rifle as well, it or like is it just bow? You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I use a gun the first three days of a uh, of gun season, but that's just because you kind of have to where I hunt. Like, cause our we only own like we own two farms that are like eighty acres. So, like, all of our neighbors hunt. So, like, if you don't have a gun on opening weekend, you put yourself at such a disadvantage. So, I'll take one for opening weekend and then maybe one more really cold day. But other than that, I'm really all low. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's kind of dig into the baseball side of things before, you know, we get too far <laughs> too far away from it and we can't get back to it. Um, so, starting right. off, let's just dig into the recruiting process. You know, your Purdue signee, kind of take us through – how that recruiting process got started for you, you know, when was it that, you know, you started getting noticed by some division one teams? I mean, I think it was after it was after it was in February, 2020. And, um, that's when I went to a PBR event and I, um, I did well there, I think, or I mean, well for at the time, like I was going into sophomore year, it was sophomore year, but I was going into sophomore year baseball season. And uh, I hit 87 there. I had the, Worst mechanics maybe PBR's ever seen, to be honest with you. I would snap my – I would throw, and then I would snap my arm back. So it just raised a lot of questions, like other coaches had questions. So I think I called IU the next night, and then I called Purdue shortly after, and then it kind of just picked up from there. I, I called Campbell a lot – or not – yeah, it's Campbell. I called them a ton. Uh, Tyler Shoemaker, he was actually from Corden. Now he's, uh, now he's a guy for Vanderbilt. But – um. Uh, Ball State was in there, Indiana State, um, and then maybe uh, oh Wright State. Wright State was big. Uh, they liked me a lot. Illinois, I talked to them. Um, after the future games, I talked to like Wichita State, and then I thought I think I talked to Louisville a little bit, but they didn't really like me that much. I don't think. But um, this was all like all all the recruiting stuff started when. I went to a couple PBR events. That's really all it was. Like, I went to the first one in February and then got invited to preseason All State that same year. 
And then that carried into the future games. And then after that, junior year, I didn't do much because I committed in December. I don't think I did much PBR stuff until the Super 60. But um, no, the Purdue started really hitting me up after the uh, Super 60. Uh, we set up a visit. Um, and, you know, I, I went there. I love the coaches. I, I love the place. And um, got a good offer that I wanted. And I took it because I really like the school. I really like the program. Okay. So. As you went through that recruiting process, I mean, you mentioned schools from a bunch of different areas in terms of like, you know, two good, great, really good mid-majors with Ball State, Indiana State there, Big Ten schools with Illinois, Purdue, IU, you know, going out west to Wichita State. As you were having some of these initial conversations with those schools, did a lot of the coaches go about it the same way? Or did you maybe see a difference when it came to, you know, Big Ten coaches compared to mid-major compared to whatever conference w- Wichita State is in as well? Did you see a difference there at all? Or was it, you know, somewhat similar as you were starting those conversations and starting to build those relationships? You know, honestly, it was really super similar for me. I mean, I think especially like when colleges are looking at pitchers versus like position players, like – when you see a position player, like certain guys will be like, okay, I've seen this before. Like I've seen a kid just like this. Maybe it's the same personality, same swing. You know what I mean? Like they're going to tend to gravitate to them and want them to play there more versus a pitcher. Cause I mean, how many pitchers can you get? You know what I mean? Like I feel like you can get a lot more arms than you can really good position players, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so like, you- I feel like, I feel like most colleges go at it the same for pitchers. But, I mean, nothing was really that much different. I would say that maybe some schools were a little bit pushier, like pushier with, like, decisions-wise after offers, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of stories about that. But um, so for you going through and you, you end up choosing Purdue, but what were some of those key things that you were looking for, you know, as you're talking to, you know, IU, Purdue, Illinois, you know, maybe as the recruiting process started to wind down, maybe deciding between, you know, two to three schools – what were some of those key things that you were looking for? I mean, the biggest thing for me is, am I going to play my freshman year? Like, am I going to go in and make an impact my freshman year? And I think that's Purdue somewhere that I definitely think I can. You know what I mean? Obviously, I mean, time will tell. You never know until you're there. But I think that's somewhere I have a shot. So, I mean, I think there's other schools that I had a shot as well. I just didn't have as good of an offer or – For instance, like for IU, it was hard. They didn't even have a pitching coach at the time. So, like, it's hard for you to really commit to a school when they don't even have a coach for what you want to go do at the time. You know what I mean? So that was the case for a couple of schools, I think. I shouldn't. I, I probably shouldn't name drop, but (laughs) (laughs) well, okay. Um, so uh. As that recruiting process started to wind down, you know, and you're maybe deciding between Purdue, maybe another school there as well. Do you remember the day where it hits you? Okay, you know, I think I think I'm going to go choose Purdue. I think Purdue is the place for me to go play my collegiate baseball. I think it was on the way home, to be honest. Like, because I told them they wanted me to come in the office, but I was like, hey, I at least need to sleep on this. Like, give me give me some time because they, I mean they they gave me a pretty hefty offer, um, and. You know, it's just I was like, I, I need to at least sleep on it. So I was on the way home. I called a few buddies. I was like, hey, I think I think this is it, man. Boiler up, you know, this and that. So you, I'm sure you, you've heard a ton of stories. Probably probably the same thing. Yeah. I was just on the way home. Um, I liked it a lot. It was, it was a great. It was a good time. Love Coach Chris, Chris Marks. Love Coach Goff. Love Coach Rooney. Like um, 
oh, I'm trying to think of the weights guy's name, but he is jacked. I, I know he can definitely make me stronger. <laughs> so um, nice facilities too, man. Really nice facilities. I'd say the only complaint's the wind. You know, it's windy as hell up there. Is it really? So, oh my god, dude! On my visit, it was like 32 degrees and like 30 mile an hour wind. It was probably the coldest I've ever been. It's, I mean, it's not that much farther north than where you're at in in Floyd County. Probably three hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. But I mean, I think it's just a lot flatter. I mean, you look at Indiana; it's super flat. But I live in a place called the Knobs. It like overlooks Louisville. Okay. It's like in between a mountain and a hill. It's called a knob. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I, so I go to IU and I mean, we're even a little bit northern, north, more north than where you are. And I, I live in Fort Wayne. So that's about a three hour difference too. There's a 10, there's a 10 degree difference when it comes to when I'm at home compared to when I'm at school. And I guess, you know, that kind of makes sense. Cause I mean, Bloomington's a little hilly as well, but. Right. Um, you exactly. Said, no, no, that's cause Bloomington's still considered, I guess, Southern Indiana. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah, for sure. Cause like the the closer you get to Louisville, I don't know why, but like it is super hilly. If you've been down here a lot, like. So you said you were on that drive back from West Lafayette. You know, you're texting your buddies. You know, I think this is going to happen for you being an in-state kid. You know, do you have any relationships with some of your future Purdue teammates in terms of maybe your 2023 class, maybe some guys who are there now? Do you have oh, any yeah. pre-existing relationships? I mean, with no, nobody that's already there, but I mean, I'm cool with uh. Will Moore, I'm cool with him. I talked to some of the other recruits when we were on the official, but I had already heard of Will Moore. He played for – I think he played for Bulls, I'm pretty sure. So I had talked to him before. He's a goofy dude. Love Will. Um, I think he's going to be my roommate if I end up going. So um, that uh, would be one relationship for sure. Okay. So as we talk about relationships, I know you, you talk about all those different Purdue coaches there. So, you know, what's that relationship you have with those guys? How has it kind of evolved – since you've committed, maybe gone on your visit, you know, gone through signing day, you know, what's that relationship like with those coaches and how has is, how is that evolved, you know, since you, you know, been been committed and been signed? <laughs> I mean, I would say that it really hasn't changed at all. I mean, if anything, I'd say they probably just text me less. Uh, um, we don't talk as much, really. Um, I mean, I, I know they're busy, they're in season, so uh, – you know, Coach Marks, he texts me every now and again. He was texting me the other day. I think Coach Goff's watching me come pitch on uh, tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, don't, they really don't they really don't say much. Yeah. So, uh, I'd say the relationship maybe just – I'm not going to say dwindled, but, I mean, just, maybe – maybe not as much because, I mean, they've, they've got, you know, maybe some other guys to focus on, guys who, you know, haven't actually signed to the right. – but right uh, i mean and they're still scouting new guys every day yeah, so yeah. i don't i don't blame them at all yeah so with you being with you being a senior you know going through i mean i, I was looking through your instagram and saw you know you you went on your official visit put on that purdue uniform have gone through uh signing day what was that like first off on signing day you know making it official you know actually realizing okay you know like i'm gonna go play division one baseball um i have the i i have the opportunity to go play division one baseball and then you you when you go on your official visit you put on that purdue uniform for the first time kind of take us through you know those two experiences you know that's kind of the fun part as your recruiting process you know comes to an end and you make an official uh just kind of take us through those two experiences i mean i would say that like signing day i mean okay i, I hate to ruin this for the kids but signing day is like fake 
okay? Because I didn't know that growing up and, like, kind of pissed me off on signing day when I realized that, like, hey, this, I'm not actually signing the document. I signed a freaking scribble on my phone in my tree stand because they wanted us to sign at, like, 7 a.m. or 7.30 a.m. whenever we were supposed to. So, like, I'm, like, like I said, because I love hunting. I'm in my stand, and, like, it's, like, this sign on my phone. So I was, like, just, like, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even fit. I didn't even fit my whole name on there. So like, but they said it was like they said it was valid, and so yeah. When I'm when I went on my signing day, I was like, dude, like this is literally just for attention. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was cool. I mean, it was cool. I, I'm not gonna say it wasn't cool. I'm so happy, so thankful that everyone came and supported me through that. Um, it was a good time. But uh, you know, little me growing up, when I saw people sign, I figured they were like actually like signing the paper. Yeah. And they were like, that was it. Like, that's what sealed the deal. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that was really cool. I loved putting on the uniforms with the boys there on the official. That was super fun. Um, great unis. Love the unis. I think they're great. Um, I didn't, I, I'm super skinny. I didn't think they'd have one that fit me right. So they had one that fit me right. That was nice. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great time. Loved, loved West Lafayette. I th we hung out with some of the guys at the baseball or one of the baseball apartments there, some of the players there. I'm um, pretty sure it was Cal, Cal Steven or Stefan. Not exactly sure how to pronounce the last. I know his first name's Cal. Big dude. He's a Friday night guy. He's pretty, pretty darn good, if you ask me. Um, and um, got to talk with him for a little bit. Told me how it was like, you know, how all the coaches are, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. That, that, uh, that whole spiel. But no, it was it was a great time. The official was really fun. Unis were awesome. Had a great time taking all the pictures. You know, got some pictures with my family. Um, that was really cool. They were super including for my family. That was another big reason. Like they were always super nice to my parents and everything like that. Like like if there was ever coaches that like weren't nice to my family, like you know, you you would probably hate that too. So the the way that they were super nice really kind of stood out to me. Yeah, I'm sure. Especially picking oh, Purdue, but um. Yeah, no, the the visit was awesome. The unis were awesome. And the the signing day was eh, I'm just <laughs> glad everyone came, you know. <laughs> All right. So let's let's go ahead and transition a little bit to travel baseball. You know, pitching there for the Rawlings Tigers. Take us through just what that experience was like, you know, maybe how you got connected with them. Just take us through your travel ball experience. Actually, the story is actually like pretty legendary because well, I shouldn't have said legendary because I okay. So I tried out for the legends, and um, I I got asked to come back because like at the time I didn't even pitch to be honest with you. Like I I was a third baseman. I kind of sucked at hitting, um, weak arm, <laughs> super skinny, not very good at all, not fast. I, I really wasn't good at all. So I try out for uh, legends, and they asked me to come to another tryout like separate because I did really like I played out of my ass at the first one and then um they asked me to come back they didn't even text me for two weeks so I'm just thinking that like hey like I'm not even gonna freaking play this summer I guess because there's no teams gonna pick me up and so a bunch of my buddies that played on the Ironman before switched this Rawlings Tigers team and so he ended up just letting me come on the team like I didn't have to try out and um, literally that first uh, first weekend, there was like a, a camp at Spalding, I think. And uh, I hit like 85 pitching because DJ put me on the mound. And um, after that, 
I mean, I just DJ DJ saw that I was going to be a pitcher, I guess. And um, I, I'll never forget. Actually, it was like it was the first practice, I think, or second practice, and I was throwing a bullpen. And DJ comes over to me. And he just asked me, he's like, "Give me your top five colleges. Like, just give me your top five colleges." And he was like, "And don't like don't dream too big. You know what I mean?" And we're gonna see if we can send them your video and like, cause I was super young when I hit eighty five, and then the next that was the the following um the following off season was when I went to the uh, that PBR event where I hit eighty seven. Okay. So and but I mean I will say like DJ was the only person who like actually saw it because like I said like I wasn't that good like nobody put me on the mound I couldn't really throw strikes that well you know what I mean like I wasn't a pitcher I was still a thrower but. Like he was, he was the only one that actually like saw it in me, and like I'll never, I'll never forget that because when he told me that, I like laughed. Like I was like, my yeah, eighty three colleges, dude, you're real funny, big funny guy here. And he was like, <laughs> no, like I'm being serious. And I was like, all right. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I didn't get to go to the well, yeah, I didn't go to the top five, I guess, because I was stupid and picked like Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Ole Miss, you know, you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. And like um, Miami because like the girls, I guess, and then like something else. Yeah. Maybe so, Texas. <laughs> so you, you mentioned DJ. Is I take it that is the coach there for the Rollins Tigers? DJ DeWeese. Okay. DJ DeWeese is the man. Go okay. to the Lumberyard on Hossbelt Lane right off Grantline Road if you're ever in southern, like, like real southern Indiana. Like, like bottom of the state, southern Indiana. If you're ever down there, go to the lumberyard, pay your $5. You can hit on hit tracks. I might be 10 now, but no, he was huge, dude. Huge for me. He put on a velo class for me. He um contacted every coach. Um, Like, people need to go play for Tigers because, like, if, if you have it and you go play for DJ, like, if you, if you have it in you, he will find it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. I, like I said, I wasn't even going to play travel ball. You know what I mean? Like it literally went from like not playing travel ball to what D1 school do you want to talk to? Like, and I was like, I was so, I, I'm still so grateful. Like if it wasn't for DJ, I would not be anywhere close to the position I am now. I don't think. So beyond DJ, what were some of those other relationships you were able to build with, you know, some of those rolling tigers, assistant coaches. I'm assuming DJ is probably the head coach there for you. Uh, just what were some of those mm -hmm. other relationships with coaches and then maybe even some of your buddies that went on to play for the Rawlings Tigers as well? What were some of those relationships you were able to build through travel baseball? Oh, man. I couldn't have built better ones, man. I, I really couldn't have, I don't think. I don't think I could have built, built any better relationships. Just about anybody on the team I feel like I could call right now if I need help, like anything like that. Uh, the coaches, so for instance, uh, one of my buddies I've gone to school with for – my whole life, like we went to, we even went to a Catholic school together when we were like six through um, <clears throat> 10 or 11. <clears throat> and then, um, then we went to a public school together. Yeah. We've, we've been through school the whole way. His name's Noah Wathen. Um, his dad was one of the assistant coaches and um, he lives a minute away from me. He's, I think he's here. Like, I think he already came in, <laughs> but I just, I'm in a separate room right now. So, but Ty, Ty's in the other room. He's staying with me for a while. And, um, yeah, I mean, like you can see, like here's two guys that I played with for four years or whatever. Yeah. Or we've played ball since we were four, but we played travel ball together for three seasons, I think. So me and Noah played since we were like eight. 
Ty switched to the Tigers a little bit sooner than we did. But um nah dude, unbreakable bonds, I think. Yeah, I'm sure to be and honest with you. And that's how it is with when I talk to a lot of travel ball guys. I mean, when I talk to a lot of guys, they talk about the same thing when it comes to travel ball. But right. every every time that I've opened up the floor to you to kind of you know, give me a story, I mean, I think you're like three for three so far when it comes to just great, great stories. So <laughs> favorite travel baseball memories, looking back into it, what are a couple of those memories that just kind of mm-hmm. that you think of when you think of, you know, the Rawlings Tigers playing travel baseball, traveling the country? What are some of those memories that come to mind? I'll tell you back. I'm going to. I'll tell you what, I'm going to dial it back a little bit, actually. All-Stars um, and Little League, actually, because uh, I played on the New Albany team that went to the uh, regional seminar, uh, regional final game, actually. We almost made it to Williamsport because we were actually in Little League. And um, that was just the coolest experience like I could have ever had playing baseball growing up. Like, yes, the future games was great. Okay, the Super 60 was cooler, but still, like, I'll never forget that. I was 12. I actually switched schools to Holy Family in New Albany so I could play at that Little League because, like, our parents, like, built this, like, almost like super team, I guess. Like, it was insane at the time, at least. Um, We had this one kid. His name's Tommy Devine from New Albany. He doesn't play baseball anymore, but um, he uh, he used to throw cheese, like, 70-72 from, like, the 46-foot mound. You know what I mean? So it was cheese, right? And I was a catcher. I was a catcher growing up. So they needed a catcher. Actually, no, they had a catcher. But I just, I don't know why they needed me. They needed me. Like I said, I wasn't, I was utility. Like I didn't do anything special. But no, we, we ended up making a run. We won state. We had the highest scoring state game in Little League history. It was 23 to 21. And Tommy went, Tommy pitched uh he pitched a complete game, I think. I think we just left him in, and they were, like, raking off him. <laughs> Did you imagine going to a complete game, giving up 21 runs? Yeah, no, I think I think they left him in. That or they brought in Landon Teasing. I don't know. But anyway, that wasn't the point. He went four for four with two grand slams, and the other two were home runs. He went four for four with four bombs in Little League. Like, he was that guy. You know, he's like, yeah. six foot, had, like, a couple chest hairs already. Like... <laughs> So, like, it was, like, unfair. And then – but, no, it was it was screwed because we played Michigan in the semifinal, and they had these kids, like, they literally were called, like, the Twin Towers. Like, like Sports Center was, like, saying, like, you know, because it was, like, Sports Center 3 or whatever, ESPN 3. And it was, like, uh, these two identical twins, the Twin Towers, they call them, you know. One kid was pitcher, one kid was catcher. Kid threw 75, bro. That was, like – they said it was the equivalent to, like, a 98-99 MLB fastball. And I got a hit. Thank you very much. The only hit that we had, actually. <laughs> and I got pinch hit because I didn't even start because I was kind of poop. But anyway, it was it was a super fun time. Like, they fed us. There was, like, a big cafeteria. We all stayed together in these, like, dorms. It was at Grand Park. I don't know. Like, they had a bunch of stuff set up for it. Like, in that, like, inner building, like, we got to, like, walk around with, like, our flag from Indiana and then our flag from something else. So. It was super cool. Like, they made it super special for the kids, something I'll never forget. Yeah, I'm sure. So, one other big-time travel ball thing that you've talked about a couple times, Futures Game. Kind of take us through what that experience was like, going and seeing all those scouts all over, playing with some of the other best players in the state. What was that Futures Game experience? I can't lie. Like, I feel like I didn't take it serious enough. Uh, It was a great time. Like, it was fun and all, but I kind of, like, 
shit the bed for us on the mound. Um, I lost the only game that Indiana had ever lost. Gave up like four runs. It was a bad experience for me on the bump. But, I mean, I still talked to colleges afterwards because, I mean, they weren't really looking for guys to just go out there and strike people out, you know. Like I said earlier, like, it's less personalized with a the pitcher. They see something and they're like, I've seen this commercial before. I know how it ends. This long, lanky guy is going to get a little bit more coordinated. He's going to throw a little bit harder when he gets stronger as he grows. So I still talk to schools after it, but I really, I really had a great time after I pitched. Like I just, I just threw bad that day. Yeah. I also think I faced like, I want to say like 12 batters and like eight of them were lefties. So it's kind of rough for me, but yeah, kind of got raked on there. I still threw, I still threw okay. I had like five Ks, but um, I think I gave up four earned. So bad experience for me. Sorry, Team Indiana that year. Sorry for breaking the flawless, but uh, somebody had to do it. It was yeah. just Lucky Letson, I guess. At that point, was it at Grand Park or was it at uh, Lake Point? Lake Point. Okay, because I know they just changed it a couple years ago. So you maybe you were like that first year at Grand Park or whatever. But let's go ahead and talk about high school. Baseball. Oh no, we were at we were at Lake Point. We were at Lake Point. That, sorry, that that's what I meant. My bad. I oh yeah, my uh, um, but no, so let's kind of go ahead. Let's talk about high school ball here for a little bit. Kind of take us through, you know, maybe your. I know your sophomore, you no, know, 23. So your freshman year would have been COVID. So take us through your sophomore, junior year, going through your senior year as well so far. Kind of take us through the high school experience. I mean, uh, sophomore year was crazy because, like, I actually started on JV and I was, like, talking to, like, I think, like, three or four D1 schools at the time. So I was, like, kind of pissed, you know. I was, like, splitting, though. Like, I would dress for the varsity game, but they never put me in, right? So, funny story, actually. I pitched to St. X. I had to stay back from, like, the trip where they go and stay at a hotel. We don't do it anymore. But so when they get back, they were playing Columbus North. Columbus North was ranked number one in Indiana at the time. And uh, so they pulled me up for this away game, and I had pitched, like, three days ago. (laughs) And I threw, like, 90 pitches, right? Or no. Yeah, no, it was three days prior. I threw like 80 or 90 pitches, um, and they, they pulled me up to varsity. And we went up to Columbus North. This is when they had uh, Bodie or Brody or something. He was a Louisville commit, and um, he, uh, he rakes. So, But anyways, we get up there, and our starter makes it through the third – or no, they make it to the third and just like completely shit the bed. He's not a pitcher. He's an he's a outfielder. He's a lefty. His name's Jake, Jake Thompson. He's the goofiest dude ever. I love him to death. And um, he shit the bed, dude. He hit like three batters in a row. So I had like six or seven pitches to warm up. And uh, I came in and I struck out the side. I struck out three. And like, mind you, this is like my varsity debut, you know? Like, I, I haven't touched the varsity field yet. So like the seniors don't even know that I can pitch for real. And it was like Evan Goforth, uh, Caleb Slaughter, Casey Sorg, and like a couple other guys. So, like, I come back in the dugout, like, nothing happened, and they were like, like, what? <laughs> they were like, what? Where'd that come from? And, like, I was probably throwing, like, high 80s. So, they were like, where? Why? Like, why hasn't he been here the whole time, probably? But, um, so, no, I ended up coming. I shoved. They didn't score another run off me. Um, we ended up losing, though. We lost, like, 2-1 or 3-1. But um, I remember I came back out the next inning, and, and Bodie was leading off. They didn't score. But he let off with a triple off the top of the wall down that right field line, and like it stung a little bit, you know. I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> so turnarounds. Five days later, we play Trinity, 
with Corbin Dickerson and Dalen Lyle. Dalen Lyle in the second round. Uh, Corbin got drafted in 20th last year. And Matt Klein, obviously, Louisville guy. They were seventh in the nation, um, number one in the Midwest. Like, insane team. Undefeated. They were 19-0, I believe. And um, so they came They came to our place, right? And our he's a dog. Casey Sorg's a dog, man. He was sick as heck. He, he threw up before the game. He had a fever. And he pitched through four. And I think he gave up three runs, but we had four. And uh, it was same scenario. He he kind of started walking guys, and coach was like, "Hey, hurry up! Like, hurry up! Go get loose!" And I was like, "Me? Like Trinity? Like, are you for real right now?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah." So I was like, "All right." I went in there. I got loose. I I got to have a little bit more time to get loose because I did like a mound visit. He threw another pitch, and then they did another one. You know what I mean? So I get loose, and I come in. Of course, of course. First batter was Matt Klein. Um, I think I got him out. Or, yeah, I got him out, but he hit a ground ball. They scored a run. So now it's tie game. And it's the fifth, I think. Regardless, we scored. I think Evan had an RBI. We scored another run um, and um, flipped around. Here we are, seventh inning, bottom of the seventh. Or no, top of the seventh. We're up one. But it sucks for me because it's about to go Matt, Corbin, Dalen. So that's uh, that's three draft picks in a row, three little commits in a row. You know, I'm a little 150-pound <laughs> me on the mound in front of these guys. And I was like, you know what? Screw all this ranking shit. Like, I'm just going to throw the ball. If they hit it, they hit it. So Corbin or no. Yeah, it went Corbin, Matt, Dalen. Corbin gets a single. Matt grounds out. And then I have an 11 pitch at bat with Dalen where he is just fouling off absolutely everything I throw until he hits about a 450-foot pop-up that, like, <clears throat> like straight up. You know what I mean? Not, like, not distance. Yeah. I would say home run. But, like, I like the ball disappeared. And, like, somehow Jake Thompson caught it. And by that time, I realized, like, that was the third out. And I was like, holy shit, we just beat <laughs> So, like, I, there's a video, I have it on my Instagram, I think, where I'm like, I run back in the dugout, and I'm like, like, Gronk spike my glove. And I'm like, freaking out. Like, we're like, oh, no, we're just, it was the game of our life. You know what I mean? Like, it was number seven in the nation versus, like, unranked. So, it was, that was the most memorable. That was the most memorable high school okay. moment. I've okay. had playing ball. So going through your sophomore year, going through your junior year, now being a senior, how have you maybe, you know, stepped up as a leader, you know, being that Purdue commit, uh, being that Purdue signee, being that 2023 MLB draft prospect? How have you, you know, maybe stepped up as a leader there for that Floyd Central team, maybe take some of your some of the underclassmen underneath your wing, play with some of your senior classmates? How has this season gone? How have you kind of stepped up as a leader? Oh, no, I, I feel like, I feel like you can only do so much. So I try to, if I'm going to help somebody, I'm not going to try to tweak their swing or I'm not going to try to make their hands a little quicker. I would be like more like just on the mental side of things. Like, look, it's this, this game is hard. Like, and you like getting mad is not going to help you. So like, I don't know. Just don't be, don't be getting all pissed off and stay in it. You know, um, I have my my fair share of moments, but I give myself if if I'm gonna get mad, I give myself thirty seconds. If I get once thirty seconds is up, 
I mean, it's it's back. Like, do it for the team. You know what I mean? Like, so the biggest thing I try to do as a leader, I guess, is just make sure that guys, one, get their reps, but two, make sure that they're not like everybody can get into a mental funk in baseball, in baseball especially. Like, so I try to keep guys out of the mental funk, if that makes sense. That's what I try to do as a leader. Okay. So more, as- more like not not just like being an ass to them, but like. Almost being overly nice about stupid things, if that makes sense. Like, oh, your hands are super quick today, dude. Hey, I know you. I, I know you was pulling them down the line foul, but like, swing looks great, brother. Because if you tell them that, then eventually they'll get it fixed. You know what I mean? They'll get it figured out. <laughs> I, I like that style. <laughs> but as this as this senior year keeps rolling, you know, what are your expectations for the rest of spring for you know yourself for this Floyd Central team? What are some of those expectations you got? I mean, mainly just let's just win as many games as we can and let's see how long we can take it. I I mean, obviously, right now the biggest goal is just win the first game of sectional. And then the next biggest goal will be win the second, you know. So I mean that's how it goes. I feel like you're you like if you're looking ahead and especially in Indiana, because like anybody can be anybody on any given day. Ex- not just in Indiana, in baseball. Anybody can be anybody on any given day. So the biggest thing is just win the next game. Like tomorrow we got Providence. Providence is two-way, but they're really good. Like they're a really good two-way. So win the next game. Like let's just win as many of the next games that we have. That's my highest expectation. Just okay. how many can we win? How many can we win? A day at a time. Yep. How many? All right. So- I think and I'd love to play and – I don't know what month that would be. I think June. That would be state. Could be wrong though. Don't yeah. quote me on that. Yeah, no idea. I, I believe it, I think it's the last week of June or like the second last week or something. Because I know sectionals is Memorial Day weekend, but well, I'd like to play late June. That'd be nice. Okay. okay, there we go. Always that's always a good goal to have. But um, so as the spring keeps rolling, I'll actually no no no. no. Before we dig into the draft, one last question. I know I asked Cameron Decker this earlier today who he thought the toughest pitcher was that he's faced in Indiana for you going through your sophomore year, junior year, and you know, so far this senior year, how would you explain the Southwest or just Southern Indiana's baseball competition? And who was the toughest hitter in the state that you have faced? Oh, toughest hitter in the state. Hmm. Toughest hitter in the state that I have faced. Hmm. A good question, man. I'm I'm thinking of it. Or maybe maybe toughest two or three if you can't you know pinpoint one. I know I hate I don't like pitching to Landon teasing that that much, but it's because I've I've thrown him like five six times, and then like in those five six times he'll have like three or four abs against me. So like it always sucks when you throw against guys who, or if you just throw against the same guy a bunch, like they're gonna start to have success no matter what. But um, trying to think like. Past guys or like now guys? It could be, yeah, it could be either you're from your sophomore, junior, you know, this year as well. Maybe not in Indiana. Like I'll, I'll never forget pitching. Okay, well, Bodie, obviously, Bodie, that Louisville commit that hit a triple off the wall against me. Um, the Trinity guys. I mean, I know they're in Kentucky, but that's like close. Uh, another I'm trying to think of other Kentucky guys or other Indiana guys, but I'm thinking of Kentucky guys like Cooper Smith and Jake Bennett. That sucked. I hated throwing to both of them. 
They um they both hit the crap out of the ball for St. X. Um trying to think, man. Uh Brett Denby didn't love throwing to him. He's a Georgia guy for Jeff. Uh don't like throwing to him that much. Uh shoot. I know there's one in particular person. Some kid on Carroll, I'm not sure his name, but he took me yard uh last year. He was tough, I guess. And then um, I'll think of one more here. Uh, well, Tucker, I didn't like throwing to him. Yeah, he was a tough hitter to throw against for sure. So yeah, that those are probably the toughest guys okay. that I've faced. Okay, so as this spring keeps on rolling, and you know, as you've gone through, you know, since Super Sixty, you know, you're probably going through this draft process right now. Kind of take us through what the draft process has been like for you so far. I'm sure, you know, Super 60 was kind of a big jump within that. Take us through that PBR Super 60 event, but also, you know, how this draft process has been rolling out here these past couple of months. Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely different than, like, college. Uh, it's a lot different. But um, it's been really good. So, like, I got an advisor before all of this stuff really went down. Ben Simon is my agent or my advisor. And um, he runs Simon Sports Agency uh, out of Cleveland, Ohio. And um, so this guy just randomly, like, hit me up and was like, hey, I really want to call you. Like, I've seen a lot of your video, and I think now is a great time to, like, pick you up. I, like, he, like, explained to me, like, on this first phone call, he's like, bro, like, I don't know. I have super high expectations for you. And like I said, like I've mentioned earlier, like, I was never good, like, growing up. So, like, an agent is going to hit me up. And tell me I'm going to get drafted out of high school. Oh, okay, bud. But I was like, all right, I'll hear it out. So he he drove down and, like, had dinner with my family. And we we talked for weeks. And I was like, all right, cool, I'm on board. Um, and as soon as I was on board, that day, I got an email for, like, uh, a preseason private uh, invite for the Rangers. Um, I went to something at my advisor's place in Cleveland where there was like 40 plus scouts there, just about one from every team, I think. And, um, obviously then I, that led into the super 60. So like, I remember like getting the invite to the super 60. Like I kind of felt like my heart dropping to my stomach because I was like, Oh my God, like this is awesome. But like, also like I was nervous. Like I was like, Oh shit. Like I'm about to throw in front of a lot of scouts, man. I got, I got to do good. So I, um, at the time I was working out a lot. And so I started, it's embarrassing to say out here, I started senior year at 158 pounds, but I made it up to 181, or it was like 180.6. And um, right now I'm like cruising 175, but um, that was huge for me. I gained that weight and I was like, at the end of the year last year, I think I topped 92. And like, as soon as I came out, like first bullpen, really, I was like 92 already. And I was like, whoa, like, that's great. So I just, I just kept building up. I had to. I had to build up my arm actually a lot earlier than I normally do for those events. But um nah dude, uh the the pro pro scouting uh, process really started after the the Rangers private invite and the super the my agents thing and then the the super 60 like that really just it kicked it off. I started getting uh, there's this thing called prospect link you get like a bunch of questions, uh, questionnaires and stuff like that. You got to fill them out and they go to like certain ball clubs. But um, I got a ton of that stuff. And then like, I think at one of my games, I had 21 scouts there or 18. I can't remember. I think it was against New Albany. So um, 
it was a like it's it's kind of surreal almost you know what i mean like you worked like obviously every kid dreamt of playing in the big leagues you know what i mean and like i had the dream i guess but i didn't really believe it at all like other people probably actually believed it but um when i started seeing stuff like that like even I, i remember i threw at a scrimmage and there was like eight or nine scouts there and i only threw like to like four batters yeah so i was like this is this is different so and then the the mid-season draft board came out and i was like 60th on the pbr's one and i was like what like obviously pbr doesn't draft anyone but i mean it was cool to see so i mean it just really the process really honestly the process really kicked off when i started working with ben like when ben became my advisor and um he set up all the stuff for me. I've had a couple of meetings. I think uh, I've had one with the Giants and one with the Padres. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the pro scouting stuff's looking good. I just try to keep doing what I'm doing. Like, the biggest thing that they're looking for, especially in a high school pitcher, is just how consistent can you be? Like, on a daily basis, are you the same person that you were when you were at the Super 60 and you were 94? You know what I mean? Like, or are you, if you're down, how down are you? Or if you have an off day – what's your off day look like? Because some people's off day, they only walk one guy and they strike out seven instead of 12. You know what I mean? Like, for certain people, you know what I mean? So, like, I think the biggest thing that I've worked on is just trying to be consistent in that manner. So, trying to be 90 to 93, touch of four. Um, I I threw a little bit too much slider, I think, early in the year. So, I'm going to throw, like, less slider. And um, just stuff like that, like really just being consistent. I think that's the biggest thing to, especially if you want to be a high school pitcher to get drafted high, um, you you got to show extreme consistency. Yeah. So you talk about there at the when you got invited to that PBR Super Sixty. First thing that hits your mind is shoot, like I there's gonna be a lot of scouts gonna be thrown in front of. So you know having that event, doing the doing the the team workouts, do you know having games where you said there's what like twenty twenty one scouts watching you as well for you. <laughs> How do you go about blocking out those scouts who are watching you still focus on directly just you and the catcher playing catch, getting the hitter out? How do you block that out and just, you know, just still focus on the game of baseball? You know, I don't know. I just kind of do it. So I don't like, there's nothing like, I'm not like, Oh my God, like there they are. Like got to do good now. Like it's not, it's just more like, I don't know. I mean, you look at, you look at all the people who are really good at what they do. It's almost like they act like nobody's watching them do it. You know, you see Jacob deGrom in 2021, when he walked out on the mound, he knew he was going to strike out at least a batter that inning. Like you could just see it while he's, when he was walking. Yeah. So for me, like I just try to, I just try to be stone, stone cold. You know what I mean? Even keel, just don't get too high. Don't get too low. Um, I'm not a big, like, let's go after I strike somebody out in the first inning. You know what I mean? If I'm coming out in the sixth, I know that was my last batter, and I just struck out the side in my last inning, yeah, I'll get hyped then. You know what I mean? And we're winning. Yeah. yeah. Or if I finish the game, you know, something like that. But I don't really like to get super excited. Um, I pretty much just walk off the mound with the same face I walk on the mound with. Yeah. Um, so th- yeah, that's it. 
Okay. So you said you've had a couple team meetings so far, you know, this spring when teams do come in, I'm assuming those are either in-home meetings or maybe going out to lunch, whatever. What do those meetings kind of look like? You know, are there certain questions that those, you know, scouts are asking you? Is it area scouts? Is it cross checkers? What do those, you know, meetings look like, you know, leading up to the draft? Um, see the, the meetings that I had at my house were they were, uh, area scouts and, um, you know, really, you'd be surprised. They ask less about baseball. They more just really want to get to know you as a person and, like, see where you're at, I guess, mentally. I mean, it's not like they came in and were like, here, what will you take or anything like that. No, like, money wasn't even brought up yet. So it was really – I think it was really just getting to know me. Um, probably, like – probably so they – if I go to college, they don't have to have a meeting down the road with an area scout. Like, if you're going to – if they want you bad enough, just so they can go to the next guy. You know what I mean? So I think that it was really like, yes, I'm stoked, and it was a, it was a great deal. Like I think it's good, but I'm not gonna like overlook it and be like, oh, these guys want to draft me super bad. They had a meeting with me, so I think I just like I said, same thing with on the mound in front of scouts, like just to even kill. Yeah, don't so get too high. Don't get too. You talked about the couple of you know actually private workouts you had with teams. When you do go to those types of types of uh, um, workouts, what does that look like? You know, how are you just throwing a regular bullpen? You know, are you having meetings with teams after that as well? And then, you know, you also had the one with Ben Simon in Cleveland at his place, which I've heard a lot about. I've heard a, I've heard a lot of great things about Ben Simon. But um, just, you know, what does that look like just in terms of the workouts, things that they're asking you to do? Are they watching you warm up? You warm up as well. Just take us through what those, what those workouts look like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really think they just – the biggest thing is they just want to see how, how you go about your business. I mean, they wouldn't have you there if they didn't know that you could throw the ball as a pitcher, you know, they wouldn't have you there as a hitter if they didn't know you could hit it. So for me, like, I'd say almost all the work per se would be outside of when you're on the bump. Like, I feel like when I'm on the bump, that's the fun time. Everything else is like, hey, I got to look professional. Hey, I don't want to be talking while I'm warming up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be chit-chatting, like goofing off. You know what I mean? Or what do I do? I'm sure they look or I know they look, they look at what you do after you throw. Are you just going to go sit down or are you going to go do, do your recovery? Like when you, when you play 182 games in a season, which is what they want you to do if they're looking at you, I mean, you got to be able to withstand that. So, I mean, they're like, I'm sure you've heard plethora of stories about how scouts don't look at just how someone plays, but I kind of think that they take it to like the max with pros. Like how, what kind of guy is he? How's he going to be in the clubhouse? If, if we want him, you know, like, you know, is he is he lazy? Is he not going to stretch? Is he not going to do his stretches? Does he chit chat more than he likes baseball? Does he? You know what I mean. So I think a lot of it's just personality, and then obviously they want to see how you throw and how your spin is. You know, where's your arm slot? Do you does the ball jump out of his hand? Like just questions like that. So as this spring, you know, kind of comes to an end, hopefully you guys are playing up there till late June, like we've talked about, but what is that mindset as your senior, as your senior high school season comes to an end, that draft gets closer and closer. What's that mindset heading into this summer? I mean, you're, are you from Indiana? I am. I'm from Fort Wayne. I go to school at IU. Okay. Yeah. You said that. So, well, Fort Wayne's not really like country. Is it? I'm from I'm from I'm from the country country though. I'm not I tell people Fort Wayne. I literally if I if I were to take my camera outside right now, you can't see another house. It's all cornfield. Right. Right. So I'm sure you've heard you can see the red barn. Have you ever heard that? I haven't. So 
so horses when they're tired horses when they're tired they'll they'll let you know if you're riding a horse like they will let you know that they're tired they'll be huffing and puffing they'll like multiple times but as soon as they see the red barn or as soon as they seen whatever barn that they're at even if they're tired it don't matter they're full sprint they're going in because they know that they can get they can lay down in there they'll get their water they'll get their hay so like that's where i'm at like i can see the red barn like i got a it's time to run. You know what I mean? Okay. So okay. that's, I've, that's the goal, like 23 days left to school or something like that. And then hopefully another month, of, month another month of ball, um, another two months of ball. And then, um, yeah, I mean, as the spring winds down, I mean, of course you got prom, um, bunch of other stuff. I'm sure I'm going to have to go to for senior stuff, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, baseball wise it's i can see the red barn you know school wise it's kind of almost like a little bit sad but no worries you know every, i mean you got to move on sometime so yeah. so you've brought up ben simon and you know I, I don't know if you've looked into me at all but that's what i'm trying to be is a draft advisor slash agent once i graduate from school so i got a couple questions on ben like i've said you know I, i've heard so, so many great things about ben i've heard he's one of the best you know younger agents in the game but for you when he did reach out you know just kind of take us through maybe some some things that, you know, made you really like Ben, maybe some of the key things you were looking for if another guy reached out as well. What was that advisor selection process like for you? For me, it was cool because Ben was just like I was talking to a friend. When I talked to other agents, they acted like they were agents. But Ben, I was just talking to a friend. Also, the thing about Ben is is he knows a lot about, like, lifting. So, like, towards the end, he would, like, give me, like, lifts and stretches and, like, all the stuff to do. And when I did it, it worked. And another thing was, is he like, he told me how everything was going to go and it's like gone that way to a T. Like, like he literally has not been wrong about a single thing yet. So that's probably why, like throughout the, like the process of like finding one, I mean, I didn't have a ton hit me up until after the super 60 and I already had him months prior, but, um, in terms of like what he did specifically, I guess, like that made me choose him over other people was it's just really personable. Like he's a young guy. So he, um, I mean, it's just like talking to you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't feel like I'm talking. I don't feel like I'm talking to like a scout who's going to yeah. like interview me. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, I, I guess that's what you're doing, but it's more <laughs> like a friendly, more like a friendly deal. You know what I mean? So that was the thing with Ben, like, and he was right about everything. So he was right about things before I even like said, okay, I'm on board. You know what I mean? And that's when I was like, this guy, this guy's got something going on. Like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta listen to him. Yeah. No, he, he really does. And like, you know, at first I'm sure he'd agree with me when I say this, you wouldn't expect it. He's young. Like he's, he's a young guy. You'd expect like an older guy to know more, but I, I think he's doing a great job. So. And I've, I've heard from, some, I'm not going to name drop, but I've heard from some other guys who are his clients that he's a very pitcher oriented guy. So has, mm -hmm. like, are you having a lot of conversations with him when it comes to maybe your repertoire, maybe, you know, your arm care? Is there any like conversation about that as oh. well? Or does he kind of stay out of that? Dude, dude I've got to do like an hour of arm care every time after I pitch. And I normally don't get home until like, 9 30 and i've got school in the morning and this dude ben is on the phone with me for like an hour while i do like this whole like workout shit for my arm but i mean it's cool because i'm healthy but like 
it just frustrates me. But like I said, like, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, like from the beginning of this interview, like I said, like I wasn't that good at baseball. Like I didn't I didn't put no extra time in. You know what I'm saying? In the beginning, I'm getting there like I'm getting better at that. And, you know, I care a lot more about the game now. So I, I do all the shit he tells me. It's just it's. A lot. It's a lot of stuff to do. It's <laughs> like sure. a, so a bunch of a bunch of recovery stuff. Yeah. So as you talk about recovery, that kind of leads me into my last baseball segment here. I know you said it's bump day tomorrow, so I got to make sure you know I'm not holding you too late. So uh, last segment here, let's move on to you know your on the field play here a little bit. So I know you are in high school pitcher, but you also play the field as well. For you, when you do stop focusing on the on on hitting on fielding. How do you see yourself evolving as a PO as you get to that next level, whether that's when it comes draft time, when it comes to heading to West Lafayette? How do you kind of see yourself evolving as a PO? I mean, I think no matter where I go, they're going to put 20, 30 pounds on my ass because I'm really skinny. And I think that's just what really what's going to do it for me. I think – I mean, I don't think it really hurts me that I'm throwing from third. I actually think it's good, like, just to be dynamic. You know what I mean? I move a lot. So I've actually been playing first too. I've been playing more first than third. Um, I really don't play third hardly at all anymore. It's more first, but uh, I mean, I haven't. You haven't seen that out anywhere, so I don't blame you for thinking I still play third. I wish I did, but Ben thinks it's a bad idea. But he just says like, I don't want you playing games or like weeks that you have five games and throw a bunch and then go pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pitch the fifth game after you played third for four days. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, so you, you talked about the recovery that Ben's kind of having you on, you know, you're spending that extra hour after games that you're pitching. What does that arm care look like? And we can talk about, you know, off season, you know, maybe deloading, maybe ramping back up in December, January, just a couple months ago, and then in season as well. What's that look like, you know, after a start, what's that hour recovery look like maybe the day after leading up to your next start as well. Just take us through, you know, your recovery, your arm care a little bit. I do a lot of, uh, Epsom salt bath. That's good. Do Epsom salt bath. And um, I do some, like, plyo stuff, like a lot of this. It's all, it's mainly, like, shoulder-oriented, and it'll be, like, stuff like this. It'll be, like, five-pound dumbbell, a bunch of freaking these, a bunch of, like, lateral raises, a bunch of, like, these way raises, a bunch of these. Like, I don't know, man. It's just – it's a bunch. He has to tell me every time because I never remember, but it's a bunch of stuff. And, like, it's a lot of, like, rolling out. Like here, I got I got a golf ball here. I don't know how this is gonna work though. All right, there we go. I'd I'd like get on the wall and like you know take a lacrosse ball or baseball and roll all that out, roll all my back out there, and then I would do a bunch of stuff, like a ton of stuff. I can't even I can't even like name some of the stretches. Like one of them, I call it the pretzel because I literally just look like a pretzel, and it, I mean it's I don't like it at all, but. I got to do it, and I've never, I've never felt better, like, after my start. So, I mean, apparently it's working. Yeah, it must be. Um, so, when you're actually up there on the mound, um, can I take us through what that repertoire looks like? I know, like, what's your, be what's your best off-speed pitch, maybe the pitch that needs the most work? What's that repertoire look like? I know you said you throw a lot of the slider. So, what's that, what's that looking like? Yeah, I'd say my slider is probably my best pitch. But um, I want to develop a 12-6 next off-season. That would be, like, the main goal. Um, I think my fastball probably, I mean, with the spin, high spin rate, I think it's probably my best pitch. But my changeup's close, too, I think. Um, I think I got, like, 20 inches total movement at the Super 60 on one of them or 21. 
So it was, it was pretty nasty, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'd say my worst pitch location-wise, change up, best pitch, slider, but best pitch for location would be fastball. Okay. But, I mean, I used to throw a splitter, but, like, I think my changeup's better, so I just throw the changeup now. Okay. So you talk about how you want to add a 12-6 in the offseason. As you go through these next couple of months before the draft, before heading to West Lafayette, you know, whatever happens – where do you want to? Where do you see the biggest, or where are you wanting to put the biggest emphasis within your development these next couple of months before you get to that next level? The next few months, yeah, or like in the next off season. You can you can do both if you want. You can do one A, one B there with two two answers. Well, okay. For now, I really just want to stay consistent. I really don't really want to change anything until next off season. But next off season, I just want to gain. I want to gain another 10, 15 pounds. Um, and after I gain that, then I think I'll just be throwing hard enough and uh, or not. You can never throw hard enough, but I'll be throwing. You can't. I feel like if you put on five mile an hour in one offseason, you're just bound to get hurt. So there's like a fine line of how much weight you can gain, how much harder you can throw without getting hurt. So I'd say in the offseason, I'd like to gain 10, 15 pounds and throw three mile an hour harder. I think that's fair. Two or three. Okay. And um in there, like I like I said, I just want to work on with the uh with the with the curveball. Try to get a curveball instead of just having a slider. So I have an out pitch for lefties. Because I mean, like sliders good and all, but lefties are more likely going to hit my slider than righty. I feel like because I can start it more at the hip on a righty. But yeah, I mean that would be the only thing I'd really want to do. Okay, so I got a couple more questions here for you. I I usually like to end off these podcasts digging more into the personal side of things. Like I like I talked about there at the beginning, you already kind of dug into your passions beyond the game of baseball. <laughs> Um, that's, you know, typically one of my first questions there, but when it comes to the motivation side of things, you know, what is it deep? What is it just internally that you have that helps you, you know, get out of bed every morning, helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person, just what are some of those motivations that you have? Well, I mean, I just, you know, that's a pretty good question, man. Um, I hate to lose. I hate to lose. And I make a lot of like mental games that I hate to lose. So, yeah, that's it. I freaking hate losing. So, I hate not um, accomplishing what I want to accomplish. Like, if I set my mind to something. So, if I say I'm going to wake up at 7 30 and I wake up at 7 35, I'm like kind of pissed about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I'm very competitive with my own self. So, and you know what? It goes deeper than baseball. Like, I don't hmm, – I'm trying to think of an example. I mean, I like that example of waking up at 735 compared to 730. I mean, I yeah. – as a college kid, obviously, you know, classes don't start at 8 a.m. all the time, and I'm kind of that same way when it comes to, all right, I don't have class till noon, but I still got to wake up by 745. And if I'm not out of bed, if I'm still maybe hitting snooze or something, you know, I, I'm pissed off at myself too. I, so I – I like that. But, I mean, you, you're you happy in the moment, but, like, when you get up, you're, like, kind of pissed. But, yeah, no, right. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's probably the best – probably the best uh, probably the best example I got. Okay. All that's right. my so, motivation. I don't like to lose. I don't okay. like to lose. Okay, so taking that motivation question a little bit further, you continuously, you know, be very competitive within yourself. You hate losing. You're, you're trying your best not to lose. Perfect picture of your life 20 years down the road. Everything's going right for you. You keep trying your best to not lose – on the day-to-day, what does that perfect picture look like? Oh, man, perfect picture would be I'd be uh, I'd have a house. 
have a house on a ranch, like 1500 acres, dude. Um, some of the best hunting land in the country with some of the best lakes, I guess. Play golf a couple days a week and be finishing up my major league career. Okay. Um, that would be, uh, sounds like a perfect life to me. (laughs) That, uh, that would be pretty darn good. Obviously with, uh, I'd love to have a nice family, great family. So I would see that in the next 20. And, um, you know, a couple good, couple good friendships. I'd love to hold on some to some from high school. I mean, everybody would love to, but I'm sure, as you know, they dwindle when you go to college like they just do. So uh, I worry about that, especially since like 90% of my friends are going to IU. So it's kind of tough there, but, uh, I mean, I, I'd like to hold on to a lot of them. Yeah, I'm sure. So I got two final questions here for you, and I'll just ask them back to back. Um, Go to playlists. Let's say you know you're making that drive up to West Lafayette or wherever, a long drive. What's that go to playlist, genre, singer, however you want to go about it? And then final question dream NIL brand, dream brand to endorse. You can endorse, let's say, you know, you get to West Lafayette, you get drafted, whatever happens to get to that next level. You can endorse, collaborate, partner with any brand in the country. What would be that dream brand? Um, I mean, it would be like, okay, all right, I'm going to give you two answers because it would be stupid for me not to say like a company like Bugatti or something like that, like a billion dollar company. I would like to do that because I feel like they'd just be willing to pay me more. But if I were to do it for my own personal like gain or my own personal like I enjoy this, Sidka, Sidka hunting gear, like their freaking waiters are a thousand dollars. So it'd be nice to have like a discount from them. Um, but yeah, no, it'd be Sidka. It's a hunting brand or probably like Apple or like Microsoft. Okay. All right. What's that go-to playlist? Um, probably my, I'd, I'd probably just say my 2022 rewind on Apple. I'd say, um, if you're thinking like genre though, if I'm like trying to stay awake, I like rock. Like I have no problem listening to rock. I love Thanks listening to rock. I mean, yeah, a little bit, but I'm Molly like, crew? oh, of course, Motley Crue. Uh, I'm trying to think, Motley Crue. I love Nirvana, uh, Metallica a little bit. Uh, Pantera, I guess. Pantera's on there a little bit. I don't okay. know if I'm trying to if I'm trying to stay awake. If I'm trying to stay awake, then Pantera for sure. Um, and then uh, Kiss. Uh, Kiss. I was made for loving you. That was that's one of the best ones out there. I think. Okay. Sounds really good. Um, but yeah, no, that that's that's pretty much it with me, man. Okay. But I really right, appreciate well, you having me out today. It was, it was a great time. Oh, of course. And you know, again, you know, that's the final question here. So really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you know, as you go through the rest of this spring, go through this summer. You know, whatever happens, whether that's the draft, whether that's heading to West Lafayette, even though I am, you know, an IU student, you know, I wish you the best of luck the rest of your career, man. Um, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> really, I'm really pulling for you. I really appreciate again, that. Just, just thanks for coming on the show.